This is Freelance Feels, a podcast for anyone who is self-employed, freelance or thinking about it. My name's Jenny Stallard, I'm a freelance lifestyle journalist and I founded Freelance Feels in 2019 as a response to my own mental health challenges. The idea behind Freelance Feels is to show freelance life in all its reality, from the down moments to the yay ones, and share other people's stories as well so we all feel less alone in the self-employed world. Each episode I speak to a different freelancer, self-employed person or entrepreneur about their work and mental health, exploring their story, their challenges and triumphs, as well as getting valuable advice from them. Freelance Feels is also a newsletter, freelancefeels.substack.com and on social media at freelance underscore feels. Please do come and find me on Instagram and let me know how you're getting on with your freelance journey. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate and review it. And now, on with the episode. Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. I'm very excited to be joined by Millie Gooch. Hi Millie, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Would you like to tell everybody what it is that you do and what your freelance is? Yeah, so well, I sort of describe myself as one of these like millennial multi-hyphenates that everyone is referring <laughs> to now. I basically don't have uh, one freelance. So I actually started in journalism. So I worked for Hearst Magazine for five years. So I was mainly on the sort of like women's weeklies, um, mm. like Beth and Real People. And then I stopped drinking in February 2018 and I set up a Instagram page called Sober Girl Society and sort of unbeknownst to me that would then become something else entirely so that kind of like picked up pace uh, quicker than I ever imagined and then I left to go freelance the following year so Mar- it was about March 2019 mm-hmm. uh, so now I kind of straddle a bit of both so I do freelance journalism still uh, so I do all the kind of like lifestyle, fashion and beauty pages still for Real People magazine. And then I did sort of stints at TI. I will write about sobriety for different magazines. So I just did a piece for like Dare magazine. Um, and then, yeah, I will write about whatever, basically, but mainly lifestyle. And then on the other hand, I have Sober Girl Society. So that is kind of events, content creation, and I've actually just written a book. So that has taken up quite a lot of my freelancing time lately. This is so exciting. I love that something, it's such a freelance thing sometimes, isn't it? You think, oh, I'll just start this thing and see how it goes. And then that's become your thing. And because you're freelance, it can be your thing because you don't have to say, well, I have to ask the boss if I'm allowed to spend time working on Sober Girl Society. You're like, oh, I'm the boss. I, I say yes, sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, that is my favourite thing I think about freelancing is like not having to ask permission. I think that's such a like freeing thing. I always say it's not it, like the freedom for me is the best thing about being freelance. Yeah. And it's like, obviously you mentioned the book, which, so as we're chatting, it's November 2020. Yes, I keep saying the wrong year. As we're chatting, it's November 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so brilliant. You've got the book coming out beginning of January as people are listening to this. They're going to be able to get the book in a couple of weeks, aren't they, on the 14th? Is that right? Yeah, 14th of Jan it comes out. So hopefully just at that point in dry January where you're thinking about, you know, drinking again, you can grab the book and hopefully continue on the dry Jan path. (laughs) Are you happy to tell people a little bit about why you decided to stop drinking and then we can sort of use that as a jumping off point into 
I'd love, to, I would really want to unpick drinking and sobriety and that culture and freelancing and all of the stuff that comes with it. But what, what led you to that point personally? Are you happy to share that? Yeah, of course. Um, so for me, the biggest reason why I stopped drinking was my mental health. So I kind of picked up my drinking habits at university and I was very much a binge drinker is how I would describe my drinking habits. So I could quite easily go sort of like a week or two without having a drink. But when I drank, there was just no off switch whatsoever. Um, and so I kind of started going out a lot, especially, you know, with journalism. So you go to a lot of fancy parties, there's a lot of champagne thrust at you. Um, and I kind of started embarrassing myself at work nights and you know I lived in Kent and I was working in London so I was commuting home and I was ending up in like Dover because I'd fallen asleep on the train and um, just kind of steadily over time I started like blacking out on nights out so I wouldn't like remember huge portions of my night I wouldn't remember like how I got home and then just the general kind of like anxiety the next day was like oh my god what did I say who did I speak to did I call my boss a dick did I try and kiss my co-worker all that kind of stuff um, and that kind of gradually just got worse and worse and worse until you know my self-esteem was on the floor my mental health was on the floor I was always anxious I was always sad and I kind of thought maybe it is drinking and I, I don't think I really pinpointed it at the time because it wasn't something that I was doing like every single day it was something that I was doing at the weekend so I'd go out you know Friday Saturday feel like absolute shit for the whole weekend and then kind of Monday Tuesday Wednesday not feel top of the world Thursday start to feel good again and then do it all again but because I wasn't doing it every day I didn't kind of like pinpoint that actually that might be the reason why I was always feeling anxious and a little bit depressed so yeah I um, went out February I think it was the yeah it was the 10th February the 10th 2018 went out on an absolute bender with some of my friends don't remember any of the night we had a massive pre-drinks before I vaguely remember being in the club um and then I remember vaguely a kebab shop on the way home and then that was kind of it and I woke up the next day and I just felt like rubbish I was really anxious I was really embarrassed I'd text all my friends Are you pissed off with me I feel really bad did I ruin the night um and then I listened to the unexpected joy of being so by Catherine Gray on audible because uh, like a few weeks before I'd been on the tube and I read an interview with her in Stylist because the book was just coming out and I kind of thought about it on that hangover and I was like I'm gonna read that book that I read about but I listened to it on Audible because I was so hungover I, I couldn't have read um so I listened to that and I just some of the things that she kind of worked at Hearst as well so she was describing like uh, being in the Cosmo offices on Broadbrick Street and that's where I was like working at the time it's on Broadbrick Street so I really kind of like pictured it as I always say she was like the ghost of Christmas future because she was talking about her drinking. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. if I carry on, this is going to be me. Um, and then that was kind of it. After that, I said, I'm never drinking again. And I mean, it wasn't just, I'm never drinking again. And that was the easiest thing in the world. Like it's been an uphill battle and it's not always easy. But that day I decided I was going to do it and I've stuck to it ever since. That's amazing. So you did literally go and say, right, I'm doing it. At I don't know if the phrase cold turkey is one you like or not. There's a, we're going to dive into sort of phrasing and pe words people use about booze, aren't we? But do you feel like it was cold turkey or was it almost a relief to be like, oh, I'm going to get on with my life and my job in a more clear way now? Was it quite a relief to do that for yourself? Yeah, I would say I would say it was cold turkey, but I would mm -hmm. also say like before I tried to do like dry Januarys and I'd done so October's before. So it wasn't like this was 
the first attempt ever at not drinking. Um, mm -hmm. But I, yeah, there was like an element of relief of like, oh my God, actually, like this might be the solution. This might be the thing holding me back from, you know, I hate the phrase, but living my best life. So <laughs> there was actually a bit of like excitement as well as like, oh my God, how am I going to go on a date sober? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Um, so it was kind of a mix of, yeah, like excitement, relief, terror, <laughs> all the emotions. <laughs> do you think it led to you becoming freelance? Because you went, you went sober first, didn't you? And then you were freelance about a year later. So do you, do you think it led you yeah. down the path to going self-employed? Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, I, I know it's to do with sobriety, but I started Sober Girl Society because I suddenly found myself with a bit more free time more energy a bit more creativity whereas before I was kind of like going to work coming home feeling a bit crap just sitting there doing nothing whereas now I was like oh actually you know I've got all this time I wake up on a Sunday like you know it's it's before 10 a.m which is like such a rarity when I was drinking I'd just spend like the morning in bed so I created something and then that actually led me to go freelance so I know it is to do with sobriety but it, it could have been something else I, I may have created my own other thing that then led me to become a freelance. I definitely think it was like the catalyst. It's lovely. I love your energy in it. That I urge everyone to follow your account um, because it's just, it's just really inspiring. And even if people I think don't want to or aren't considering going sober, it just changes your approach and your thought process with how you approach alcohol. It's really made me think a lot about there's something you do a lot, well, not a lot, actually, but you've done a few times, which has really opened my eyes, especially as a, as a writer and someone who works with words, is the language that we use about alcohol. And I think what you were saying about sobriety and freelancing and sobriety in the media, you know, it's very much, and creative industries is very much, you know, oh, my God, I've had a good day. Oh, I deserve a gin now. And then there's all these greetings cards that say things like, Prosecco made me do it. And I now look at them because I've seen your account. I think, God, that's crap. I don't want a card that says, you know, like birthday girl, you've earned wine. And you think, yeah, why hasn't birthday girl earned something other than alcohol? What the hell? Yeah. Like, this marketing is weird. Do you think being in the creative industries where the world is very much, you know, especially when we were allowed to go to the boozy parties, glass of fizz when you go to a networking event, is it harder to be sober in the freelance creative world? Yeah, I think in a way, because I mean, it is so intertwined. And I think it's because we see this like journalism media world as glamorous and we see alcohol as glamorous. And therefore we kind of match them together. And I think it is hard, especially if you're freelancing and you're going in new offices and they're like, oh, come out for drinks. Like it's such, I don't think necessarily just media. I think in so many like, like London office culture types, there's that kind of, bonding over booze so whenever I go into a new office they're always like oh do you want to come for a drink with us and I have to go through the whole like actually I don't drink and I imagine that for some freelancers that might be a conversation that's kind of like you don't want to bring up so then you're just like oh go on then I'll have a drink so mm -hmm. I think it is probably quite difficult because you're re-explaining every time why you don't drink and, and I always say it's actually I think more difficult for people who are trying to like cut down or moderate because your like kind of boundaries change mm -hmm. so like one time you might be drinking and then the next time if you say I don't want to drink they'll kind of be like well you did last time so why aren't you drinking this time and then there's a bit more pressure whereas because I just say I'm not drinking that's kind of it and then the next time they don't ask me again because they know I don't drink so mm -hmm. I th yeah, I think it's hard being a freelancer because every time you go into like a new office or a new workspace, mm -hmm. you have to 
explain that again yeah that I haven't even thought of that but yeah I mean we've met in on shifts on magazines haven't we and I know that feeling of going yeah. in every time you go in for even a week's work somewhere you're like the new girl or boy every time but yeah then you're having to almost say oh and by the way there's this thing that I don't actually want to explain to you all I don't want to have to yeah. open myself up to you all right now I'm new but then oh fizzing oh it's someone's birthday go on have a little bit of fizz at three o'clock we've opened some Prosecco that someone sent us with a PR bundle and suddenly you're looking yeah. at why don't you want there's a real culture around that and then you're the you is there a fear as well as a freelancer that it might stop you being signed up again with that company because they might say oh you know she didn't join in or whatever yeah I think that's a hundred percent true because it, it is like that especially in yeah like the media world I think it's kind of like that camaraderie of you know oh, it's been a really busy week let's all have fizz in the kitchen at 3 p.m on a Friday and and yeah it I think it's, I don't think it does stop you being like employable again but I think in some people's heads they think it might so that again could be a barrier for them not drinking because they're like oh well if I don't join in they're gonna think I'm boring and then they won't have me back in the office so it's definitely like a legitimate fear in some people's heads yeah 100% and how will you have advice for people who are in that situation I guess especially as it's dry January people when people are listening to this you know they might be thinking well okay I've got a new client or I'm going into a new role and I'm, I'm doing dry January because actually I'm thinking about more long-term cutting back. So they're kind of using it as a stepping stone. Because I guess if you're doing dry January, you can just say, well, I'm doing dry January. And people just go, oh, okay, then. And often they then go, boring, which is another thing I guess you can probably unpack for us. But what <laughs> advice would you have for people who might be in that situation who are going in somewhere and want to try and not engage in the alcohol part of being the new person I always say like still try and involve yourself I think there's such a like thing that oh because I'm not drinking I can't go to the pub or I can't go to like I can't stand in the kitchen with them and have fizz and do you know what sometimes I've stood in kitchens and just held champagne because they put it in my glass I've just held it and then after everyone's disappeared I've just like put it down the sink like if you really don't want to go through like having to tell people having to explain just hold it like once someone's topped you up they're not keeping an eye on your fears I think that's that's one thing I would say is like don't worry about being like oh I can't go, like go to the pub you can still go and there's so many good options now like if you just go even if you just go to the bar and get a tonic and people say oh what are you drinking just say G&T then they don't ask you anymore but I mean I, I wouldn't always suggest lying I think I always say like being honest especially with your like friends and family about why you're not drinking because I think they respect you so much more if you just say actually drinking just doesn't agree with me I think people are like oh okay fair enough but if you really can't be bothered to go through the explanation of it or I do think like just a sneaky like fake G&T always works really well but I think like what you say about dry January and sober October it is an excuse and I know some people are like, oh, dry January is rubbish or sober October is rubbish. But so many people do it just so that they've got an excuse to have a month off drinking because they, otherwise they don't feel like they've got that excuse any other time. It's like one of the main reasons people do it. So they're like, oh, yes, thank God I've, I've got an excuse as to why I'm not drinking. Because mm, I love your honesty. A lot of what you post and all through sober October you did it. And I expect, as we're speaking, you're probably going to do the same in dry January as, as day by day. <laughs> different things that changed for you. And your honesty is what makes it really real is you've said a lot about, you know, well, I was just sick of having really bad hangovers and losing half my day to feeling paranoid or anxious or having to ring the bank and go, hi, lost my card. Like there's a lovely honesty to it that I guess people could also employ where they could just say, you know what, I'm sick of hangovers. 
because then other people will probably go oh i'm sick of hangovers too and it's like well there's a really simple way to stop hangovers is you don't yeah. make them <laughs> i always say there's this like weird thing where none of us actually really want to drink but we're all keeping up the pretense to each other sometimes so like i when i started i was uh, single at the time when i first gave up drinking and i was dating and i immediately thought that everyone i would tell would be like oh my god no that's boring i'm not going on a date with you and so many people were actually relieved and they were like, oh, that's good. Like, I'm not going to have a drink either. I don't want tomorrow to be a write off. And I was like, oh, OK. Like, as soon as people know, and even like my friends now, they're like, oh, I'm really glad I'm going to dinner with you tonight because I know it's going to finish by 9 p.m. and you're not going to drag me around on like a bar crawl. So, so like people are actually quite relieved, I think. Yeah, that's brilliant. You're like a pioneer for all your friends. They're like, so I guess yeah. the thing, isn't it, as well, is you, you're not necessarily saying, go sober, that's it. You're saying, look, you can explore this. You can have nights where, yeah, you might go to a bar and choose a really cool non-alcoholic cocktail. People, you're not saying, drink is evil, never drink again. You're just saying, guys, there's a different way of living your life around all of this stuff, isn't there? I always say, like, none of my immediate friends, apart from the friends I've made, because they're also sober and I've sort of connected with them on the internet. None of my existing friends or family are sober. Mm -hmm. So I know that there are people out there who actually would just really benefit from like cutting down rather than quitting altogether and just even reevaluating it. Like one of the main pieces of advice I give is like, think about the motivations behind your drinking. And one of the main pieces I say is like, drink because you want to celebrate, you know, you're going to the pub, it's really happy, but don't drink because you're commiserating. So like, don't drink because you're like sad or stressed because that's how you start to develop like really unhealthy coping mechanisms and I'm not going to sit here and say oh there's a healthy way to drink because drinking isn't healthy but there is a healthier way to drink yeah and I think that makes me think of with sort of with the freelance stuff in mind it's kind of makes me think yeah you know your motivation to drink could be that you're working on your new business or you're working on something for a new client everything that we do as self-employed people time is effort and money and not drinking essentially buys you time. Have you found that with your freelance life that it has helped you build your business as a freelancer because you haven't had, you know, late nights, hangovers, all the other things that go with with drinking? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I know there's kind of like this push now, like against always being productive and everything like that. So I never say, oh, you know, like it makes me so productive, but naturally it does make me more productive because I have more hours in the day that aren't spent drinking or hungover. I have more energy naturally. So, and then like when I rest, I really rest. I don't just like spend a day like anxiously shaking and like hungover and just starting to feel better. I actually have like really good sleep and rest. And then I wake up and I'm like ready to go. So it's, it's not like, oh my God, I'm running around all the time now because I, I'm not drinking, but naturally I just do have more energy and more time and even more money as well. Like when you start a business, you, you have to invest in yourself financially as well. And I save so much money by not drinking. I love that. I think you did a post about that, didn't you? You were just like, yeah, basically that's such a good one. I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah, as freelancers, like especially at the moment, because I'm sure by the time this comes out in January, I'm not sure the world will be completely back on its feet again. And it's like, of course it won't be. Of course. Oh my goodness. Well, that, that was a little moment of hope there that the world might be back yeah. on its, the right way. <laughs> I appreciate the optimism. A moment of optimism there. But yeah, you know, people might be starting a new business in January or they might be wanting to pivot their business. And yeah, that, that's, that costs money. Whereas so does gin, so does wine, 
so does you know whatever else you're choosing to drink it's it's finances at the end of the day which is a big deal for freelancers and freelance mental health yeah and I think it's fine if you're investing in things that you benefit from like I'm not saying oh don't buy handbags or don't do that if you, if you genuinely benefit from it and you love it and you get something from it great but if you're drinking and you like deep down don't think it's serving you then don't spend money on it anymore spend that money on yoga or you know buying yourself something really nice that is going to make you happy rather than something that you know isn't making you happy yeah definitely and do you think in terms of the mental health things have you noticed any huge changes for yourself since you've been sober and freelancing what have been the really sort of the the bigger deep things we've talked a little bit about those sort of everyday things and the finance stuff has there been anything that's been a real game changer for you because you've made this change oh yeah a hundred percent when when I was drinking I was always like anxious and sad for kind of like no reason at all and I'm not saying that you know sobriety completely stops anxiety or depression because you still have to deal with those things but they become so much more manageable like if I have an anxious bout coming on I'm like okay what is it that's making me anxious let's sit down let's work it out do I journal about it do I need to get outside do I need to take a vitamin like what is it and I can kind of like pinpoint it and know exactly what it is and just manage it better because I know that it's not like coming from this like mysterious outside source of booze I just feel generally happier and like more excited and I always say it's just given me like more confidence because I've done so many things now without booze that I had never in my life done without booze so like Mm -hmm. a night out or a hen do or a wedding and all those things I think you build real confidence one of the things like I always say is that alcohol is like synthetic confidence because when you drink (laughs) it you do instantly feel more confident but that's not real confidence once you take that away that confidence isn't there anymore but when you do all those things without booze you really build that like natural confidence and self-esteem so I'd say that's been one of the biggest things for me is just like I have more of a natural confidence now I think than I ever did before because I just relied on alcohol I would go into a social situation and be like okay where's the bar get me to the bar I feel a bit nervous I need to drink whereas now I kind of go in and say my hellos and walk around and yeah I think I think the confidence thing has been massive I absolutely love that there's a real power to it isn't there like there's it feels like there's a real power and ownership to being that person and also do you find other people tend to say to you I wish I could do that I wish I'd do that I wish I had more hours in the day because I'm not hungover or I'm not yeah, not finishing work early to have a drink even. Yeah, I always say I've become like this weird sober lighthouse that like people will come to me, especially on like Hindus. I always say when I go on a Hindu festival and everyone's like really raucous and loud, I always feel like a little bit like the odd one out. But by the end of the Hindu, at least like four or five hens have come over to me and been like, oh, I wish I'd not drunk this weekend. Like you had the right idea. I wish I was you. Like by the end of it, I become the person that everyone wishes they had been. Oh my goodness, sober lighthouse. I love that. You're like the, <laughs> all these little crazy ships going around you and you're like, oh, yeah. come to me. It's safe. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry, come here. I'll make your hangover anxiety better. <laughs> you're like, I'm not a therapist though, guys. Can you all leave me yeah. a cup of tea here? The other thing you talk a lot about is alternatives. And I think people often assume it's like, well, I'm not drinking. I'm going to have a Diet Coke or an orange juice or, you know, snore, 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 1980s drinks. But it's like, you actually share a lot of different stuff that people can have and share bars where they, you know, the non-alcoholic bars is Brewdog, isn't there? Brewdog, mm. alcohol-free. Brewdog AF, I thought it meant something else. And I don't know if it is. Yeah, everyone says that. 
don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, there's a lot of options as well. So it's not like it's booze or soda water or nothing, is it? There's there's a lot of options out there for people. Yeah, there's still so many misconceptions. People always say to me, oh, but aren't all mocktails really sugary? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, they're not. Like, <laughs> the alcohol-free mocktails, now, you can get, like, alcohol-free espresso martini. You can get, like, anything now. And the beers are so good. The spirits are so good. I think the only thing, the, the sparkling wine alternatives are really great. I think the reds and the kind of, white's getting there, but I think reds, reds are not really there just yet. But, like, the ciders are, are so good and my boyfriend still drinks so whenever I get stuff in as well I always like make him compare them to the originals and there's so many now that are like literally so good so yeah this all then turned into your book it's like is that a pinch me you've got a book out that's talking about all of this like you didn't plan that did you that's amazing or did you always think oh it'd be good book I've, I've always wanted to write a book and I never, like that has, if you'd asked me what my goal was when I was like 10 years old, I would have mm-hmm. said I want to write a book, but I've never ever known what I wanted to write a book about. So I always feel like this was kind of like some weird, like full circle thing. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I always kind of thought as I was doing it, like this content is great. And this so many good sober books out there, like so many. And The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober that I read was like amazing. What I found is that I didn't think there was any that were kind of like not necessarily like rock bottom stories and also ones that as like a young kind of like millennial because I was 26 when I stopped drinking. I couldn't find anything that kind of like resonated with that real like party binge drinking mental health angle. So I kind of always thought like that's the book that I'd really want to do and talk about all that kind of stuff. So when the opportunity came up, I yeah literally jumped at it and I was like, yeah, this is like a dream come true. So yeah, it's been it's been awesome as right. And I wrote the I wrote the whole thing in lockdown, which was like the weirdest thing because I, I started panicking when I originally got the book deal because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to write this because I was like, I've got uh, I had like two Hindus, I was going on a trip to Sweden, and then all of a sudden like lockdown happened and everything got cancelled so I literally just spent the whole time writing so I was one of those annoying people who like wrote a book in lockdown (laughs) (laughs) I salute you that's brilliant that's like the universe just went don't worry I'll find you the time here you go here's a lockdown (laughs) (laughs) I always say I I think I manifested corona but I don't want to shout about it (laughs) I'd love to finish off with some tips for people because I know people will be listening and they will be beginning dry January. So it would be great to get some tips from you about maybe they're still considering it. So it's day one and they're thinking, shall I, shan't I? So perhaps a couple of tips for people who are on on the fence still about committing to it and people who have begun it and they're freelance because they're thinking, oh, I'm going to have a month off the alcohol because I really want to focus on my business and my freelance life. What kind of tips would you have for those people beginning this month to get through the month to get through the first day and and why it would be beneficial for them to commit yeah so in terms of if you're like on the fence I would say just start like looking around there is this like whole corner of the internet that people don't even know exists of like alcohol free instagrams and like communities and youtube channels everything there's courses you can do so like club soda have like month-long courses And they do courses like mindful drinkers as well. So not necessarily if you want to quit altogether, 
Um, and then there's people like One Year No Beer, there's a Tempest Sobriety School. There's like a whole realm out there. And if you come to Sober Girl Society, not just trying to plug us, but oh, we yeah. kind of like link to these resources. I, I always say we're like a sober concierge service and pointing you. I mean, there's like sober coaches, there's sober everything. So if you're like thinking about it, there's also amazing podcasts out there and that specifically focus on sobrieties. There's like Sober Curious, that's the squad pod, Love Sober and books as well there's like so many books so if, if you're like kind of teetering on the fence i would just like investigate this corner of the internet that is just like incredible um and then yeah in terms of if if you're kind of doing it as a freelancer i would like i always say set kind of like tangible goals and and you always know your reason like why you're doing it so is it that you want to save this xyz amount of money if so put it on your phone track it is it that you want to feel slightly less anxious? Okay, track your mood, see if that's helping. Because when you can see that it's working in like, you can literally see it with your own eyes. I think it kind of gives you a motivation to stay on track as well. So like, I always have like the finance tracker that tells me how much I've saved. And, and I look at that and I'm like, wow, I've saved thousands. And that always like reminds me why I've done it. So check out alcohol-free alternatives. There's so many there's Wise Bartender Online is kind of like the ASOS of non-alcoholic drinks, I would say. There's like everything on there. And they do really good like mix packs. So if you don't want to commit to like, oh, buying six of this beer, they'll do like six different beers that you could try. So you can order that, decide what one you like, a bit like Glossy Box, and then you can right. order more of it. Be honest, I always say, if you just say to your friends, like, actually, I'm feeling like crap at the moment. I want to take a month off, see how I feel. I think that always works really well, just being honest. If you say, oh, I'm, anti like, I'm on antibiotics, people will be like, oh, what ones? Oh, you can drink on them. My nan's brother's dog had a knee operation and they take those and they can drink. So I always say, don't, don't use the antibiotics on because people will just, just mm -hmm. use that one against you. But yeah, I would say, I'd say those are like the main things. And just, I mean, one of the biggest reasons that people drink is stress. So find ways to de-stress that aren't harmful to your body. There's a really good technique called the HALT technique. So it's like before you engage in drinking, so it's H-A-L-T, so it's hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So it's actually maybe, it might be one of those things that you need to tackle first. Like you might actually just be hungry. You might be angry. You might be lonely and, you know, especially in these times, it may well be that you're craving social connection or you could just be tired. So take a nap. So I always say do like the hot technique first and then reassess if like it's actually drink that you want or you've got something else that you need to figure out first. I'd say those are like the main tips. I love that. Like the whole, I've never heard of the whole technique, but that could be relevant to so many things. Oh, so many. Life, but that is so awesome because that's something you can immediately do or I fancy oh I want a wine right there's always this, always this phrase and I, I do this you know I'm sure other freelancers do like oh I've had it with today I'm opening the gin and then I think yeah. oh, okay hold on well I might you often angry <laughs> <laughs> angry is a big one I think yeah angry and tired so what's that tangry maybe yeah yeah <laughs> and, the, and I guess your point is and correct me if I'm wrong but you might then go on an hour later to have a nice glass of wine of your choosing one glass of wine not a bottle of wine for example or a small gin and tonic not a big glug that you were going to pour an hour before but because you've paused to think about it you've just given yourself that little bit of thinking and decision time before you then commit to saying right I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a drink now I'm going to choose to do that you're just yeah. evaluating before you jump in with both feet into that moment I guess 100%. and that's basically the definition of mindful drinking is 
not just like aimlessly drinking and like it's your instant reaction oh okay yeah day's over quick pour this mm-hmm. it's actually really thinking okay do I really want this drink and and even on top of hungry I would just say thirsty as well sometimes you're just legitimately thirsty so like have a non-alcoholic drink first if that doesn't do it for you yeah then like you said an hour later you can think about it but try that one first I always say like just do anything first when you first get that thought of I want a drink do anything first like sometimes they even say brush your teeth and then sometimes you're like oh actually I don't fancy it now so like anything just give yourself that my friend Laurie she calls it thumb space which is just like the thinking time Mm. in between having that thought and actually acting on it and then just leaving it a little bit and actually seeing if it's something else that you need to figure out or, you know, do you really want it? Just, just that breathing space I think is, is really important and not just like acting on it. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Millie. The time has flown. It always does with people and I'm so glad you would spend your time with me. It's just been brilliant. And I really genuinely hope that people listening might, if they're on the fence in particular, that they can come and find you and be inspired to to give things a go for dry January and, and see what effect it can have on their their self-employed life. So with that in mind, where can they buy the book? Um, January, so where can they pre-order? Where can they find you? What's your Instagram tag? Tell us everywhere where they can come and find you and engage and read all your stuff. Oh, so the book, you can pre-order at Amazon, Waterstones, your normal book places. Um, you can visit me at, uh, so it's at Millie Gooch, or you can find at Sober Girl Society, or you can find SoberGirlSociety.com. I think those will probably be the main places. You'll find me in one of those somehow. <laughs> Brilliant. That is awesome. Well, I wish you all the best for your dry January and beyond and for the book launch. Um, I'm excited to get a copy. So uh, as soon as I do, I'm going to, yeah, it's given me a lot to think about this chat. So thank you you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have, you can rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and follow for future episodes. You can find more about Freelance Feels at freelancefeels.com and more of my work at jennystallard.com. Freelance Feels also has a monthly newsletter which you can sign up to at freelancefeels.substack.com and for daily updates, follow on Instagram and Twitter at freelance underscore feels.